time I hear this music, I get all excited. It's such iconic music. The Back to the Future theme is just absolutely fantastic. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Home Wrecker Podcast. I am the Golden Greek, Alex Arion, joined, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, Monique. Monique, how are you? Hello, I'm fabulous. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Like I said, anytime I hear this music, I get all excited. You're all giddy. Yeah, it's awesome. You can see the smile on my face. (laughs) Yeah, I am. I am giddy. I am giddy like a child right now. Because we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, which I've already dispelled and explained that I don't think is possible in our previous episode on Mm -hmm. time travel. But what's to stop you from liking it? Oh, I still like it. I still think it's fascinating. Exactly. I just don't believe it's real. That's okay. But we're going to talk about some pretty interesting time travel stories today on our show. So I've picked out a bunch, and I haven't told you what we're going to talk about. That's no. that's how we're going to approach today's episode. You have no idea which stories we're going to talk about. Now, you may or may not have heard them in the past. We may or may not have talked about them in the past, but as far as what we're going to do right now... You don't know what we're going to talk about, correct? I am totally clueless. Please, right. please in regards to this, I know where you're <laughs> going to go with that. <laughs> okay, thanks. Yeah. So you took the fun out of that one for me. Aw. That's okay. We're going to start off with a story about a gentleman named Andrew Basiago. I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. It's B-A-S-I-A-G-O. Basiago, Bajago. Bashago, I don't know. We're going to call him Andrew. Okay, now this gentleman claims to be part of a time travel project called Project Pegasus. This gentleman also was a presidential candidate back in 2016. Now, obviously, we all know what happened in 2016. We know how crazy that whole election thing was. And we know the results. So I'm wondering if it maybe we didn't hear too much about this gentleman because of just how wacky the election was between the two prime candidates. I don't know, but he definitely was a presidential candidate. This guy was going out and talking about how he was running for president. He's a practicing lawyer. Now, this guy is pretty interesting, I have to say. I've heard him on several different podcasts. I've heard him on Coast to Coast AM throughout the years. And he tells a pretty darn good story. He talks about being put into the Project Pegasus time travel program. He talks about being put there by his father, who was a scientist for the government. And he talks about traveling back in time and traveling back to 1865 to watch the Gettysburg Address. And he even claims to have a photograph of himself there. 
I've seen the picture. We'll put a link to it on the website so you can see it too. We'll actually we'll get we'll put the picture on the website so you can see it. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> it's a really really great story, but again, it's to me it's just a story. Now, one of the things about this guy's tale is that he said that he was part of this program and and that's right. The participants of the program are called chrononauts. He claims that not only was he part of this program, but he was also in the program with people that would turn out to become presidents of the United States, one of which was the 44th president of the United States, Barack Obama. So he says that Barack Obama was a fellow chrononaut and was also traveling in time with him and part of the same Project Pegasus program. Did Barack Obama come out on the campaign trail that he was a time traveler? I don't remember that. It never came out, no, because these claims weren't made by Bashago till 2012. So Obama was already president at this time. I believe he was just, he was campaigning for his second term or he just won his second term. It was 2012. So he'd already been president for a term. Now, the greatest part of this story, the, the part that I think is just, just that that's great in and of itself, right? But the White House actually came out and denied that Obama was part of this program. Why would they even have to give this any credence to deny it? That's the only part of it where I go, why would they even give this any kind of thought? Why would they acknowledge this in any way, even if it is to deny it? Why would they even bother giving any attention to this story whatsoever? What are your thoughts? I remember you mentioning the story to me before. I, I just think that if our president was a time traveler... I mean, once you already got the gig, you should just flat out, if you did it, admit it. Be like, yes, it is true. I am awesome because I have traveled <laughs> Yes, it's true. I'm awesome. Yes. <laughs> that's that's what he should admit. Yes. The official, like, presidential. Like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Yes. He should just come out and admit it. He should just come out and say, I don't care what you think of my policies, my politics, my views. I'm awesome because I'm a time traveler. And that's something everyone can get behind. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'm shocked it didn't work for the other guy. I think with all the Back to the Future fans, all the people who want to believe in tra time travel. Now, did he say that he physically traveled? Well, yeah, because he had a photograph. Yeah, yeah, he claims to have a picture of himself in 1865. Because I think it would be more plausible to travel in time consciously than physically that seems more like a possibly likely a possible likely thing to do kind of like remote viewing something along kind those lines of. almost like astral projection but you're traveling through time well again here's my problem with that whole thing and we talked about this previously in our previous episode on time travel what exactly is time nobody can define it this is true. So how are you going to travel on something or through something that you can't define? Who's to say that it's really 1.30? Okay, it may be 1.30 as we're recording this here, 1.30 in the afternoon, but somewhere else it's not 1.30. So mm -hmm. if you're traveling through time, are you just traveling through time in your time zone? Well, I've said it before. These are all arbitrary things that are set up by people. People who fly in the U.S. from one coast to the other from east to west or west to east technically we, travel through time <laughs> yeah okay i guess you can say that sure so technically many people are time travelers 
All right, end of show. We've, <laughs> we've solved it. You can travel through time. My wife has yes. proven me wrong. There it is. But yeah, that's what I mean, though. How are you going to travel through time if you don't even know what time is? We can't. It's not a tangible thing. How do you travel so through it? So could Andrew tell us? Does he have that answer? I think Andrew's got a great story that he tells, and he's pretty consistent with the details. And I'll give it to him. He's got a hell of a tale, but I think that's all it is, is is a tale. But like I said, I had to bring up the fact that the White House actually came out and denied that Obama was part of this. That, to me, is the the only piece of this story that makes me go, huh, I wonder, maybe, just maybe, there's a little shred of truth to this whole thing. So then what is the former president's stance on time travel? I'd like to know. Can't just come out and deny it. He has to give a formal stance on where he stands on it. <laughs> where Where do you stand on time travel? We want to know. Yeah, there you go. So that's we we've thrown that out into the into the universe. We we want that answer back. So if have somebody, to tweet him. yeah, yeah, there you go. If somebody from his staff or his former staff is listening and knows how to get in touch with him to ask him this question, so we can get the answer, yeah, we'd love let to us know, know it. No politics. We just want to know about time travel. What, what's your stance? We care about the important things here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, again, that, that's the only part of this guy's story that I thought was fascinating mm-hmm. because why would they even call attention to it if there was nothing to it? Why would you even call attention to it? Why not just ignore it entirely? But Because anyhow. if you don't address it, then that could cause speculation as well? I, su- I suppose it could, but where you actually come out and deny it, you got even more eyeballs on it. That's just my take. Anyway, we'll move on from Mr. Pajago. Okay. But I thought that was pretty interesting. So if anybody yes. wants to look up Project Pegasus and an interview with Andrew Bajago, I'm sure there's stuff on YouTube. And like I said, he's been on Coast to Coast AM. So definitely worth checking out because it is, if nothing else, very entertaining. Now, let's move on to another very interesting time travel story. And for this one... I'm going to refer to a website that I that I found uh, called indiatimes.com. There's an article here called Seven Real Accounts of Time Travel That'll Leave You Questioning Everything. So I thought this one was pretty interesting. And I may have mentioned this one to you before in the past. I'm not sure. But again, we'll, we'll talk about it here. This one is called The Man from Tored. I'm going to read this right from the site here. On a hot afternoon in July of 1954, a man arrived at the Haneda Airport, also known as the Tokyo International Airport. Described to be a Caucasian man with a beard, this man is known to have been French, but he was pretty fluent in other languages as well, including Japanese. Now, there are a couple of versions to the story. Some say the man handed over his passport to be stamped by the Japanese immigration officials when the officers realized that while the Passport seemed perfectly fine. The country where it was issued, Tored, spelled T-A-U-R-E-D, did not exist in real life. In another version, the man mentioned that he was from Tored, and when the officers didn't believe him, he showed his passport. Either way, the man tried his best to convince the officers that Tored does in fact exist in real life. He claimed that it was located in between France and Spain. He claimed that his hometown wasn't new either and said it had been around for the last 1,000 years. Eventually, when the man was shown a world map, he pointed to the area which is currently the Principality of Andorra. He genuinely seemed confused as to why the authorities were hell-bent on calling this place Andorra. 
Eventually, the immigration officers arrested the man on suspicions of being a criminal. To interrogate him further and figure what in God's name was going on, he was shifted to a hotel nearby. Two guards were positioned outside of his room, but guess what happened when they went to check on the man the next day? He was gone, vanished, poof. There were no signs of him at all. There was no evidence of this man's existence. Everything, all the paperwork that he had, all his belongings, there was no sign of him, just completely vanished. So the question asked here is, could he have been a man from the future? Or more interestingly, could he be living in a parallel universe where Andorra is known as Torred? More logically, all this could also be the work of a talented storyteller. Unfortunately, there's no way to tell. What do you think? Only time will tell. Only, t- <laughs> only time will tell. This happened back in 1954. <laughs> so, so they didn't have Google. They couldn't have Googled it back then. Probably not. No. No. Well, there are many countries that m- a lot of people aren't familiar with. So it's possible to hear of a country and think, oh, wow, I don't really know about that country. But this guy looked at a map and it wasn't on the map. But he pointed to an area on the map, is which it, was called something else. Is it possible he was just messing with people? Like, but his passport what- was stamped. Yeah. Maybe he's some kind of counterfeit artist. It could and he be. he does this to mess with people. Could very well be. But it's a story that's out there. It Whether is. or not it's true, we don't know. We weren't there. But it has been reported in numerous sites. This isn't the first time I've seen this story. You know what I've noticed since we started doing this podcast? I'm the one who wants to believe in everything. But the first thing I do is try to go for the most logical explanation. And it just surprises me because I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, that's so cool. I want to believe that. But then I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, and and to that, since we've started doing this podcast, I always, you know me before, like I always believed in all this stuff. And it's like now that we talk about it and I research it more and I really dive deep into it, I believe less and less of this stuff, which I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but I get so much more skeptical. I don't know, maybe it's just age as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm just thinking more logically now and really trying to approach things from a logical standpoint to try to explain them away or maybe even further prove them, but I, I like to approach all this kind of stuff, paranormal, time travel, all this stuff, logically. What? How could this be possible if it were possible? But it's it's interesting that now that, like you said, the more we talk about this stuff... Because I'm like, that sounds so kinda, cool, but right. of course the first thing I think of is, okay, well, what's the logical explanation? Right, yeah, and, and again, I don't I'm know... I'm so if, disappointed in myself. Yeah, it's weird, right? It's weird. Like, all of a sudden, we're, we're, we're becoming, like, grown-ups or something. Ew. Yeah. Not at all what I expected when we started the show and no. started tackling some of these topics. Become so skeptical. Hmm. Anyhow. Want to hear another one? Yes. This one is a little bit more recent. This one is about the man who traveled back in time to become a Wall Street scam artist. Now, this one, this one's pretty... Pretty interesting. This one happened back in 2003, so a little more recent, this century anyway, right? On January 28th of 2003, uh, 2003. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave this in. I'm not <laughs> editing this, because why not? Is that a new, ta- a new like year we're not yeah. familiar with? <laughs> it's from another dimension. On 2003. <laughs> 
So, so on the 28th of January, 2003, a man named Andrew Carlson, spelled C-A-R-L-S-S-I-N, was arrested and detained by the police for insider trading on Wall Street. This guy, over a two-week period, went from having $800 to making $350 million. Whatever he invested in shot up. Now, back in 03, around this time, the stock market was kind of on a downswell. It was kind of on a downturn. Stocks were going down. But this guy just came in basically out of nowhere, had $800 in an investment account, made some investments, and within two weeks makes $350 million. So obviously the police and the authorities, all the watchdog groups, the people that watch this stuff. Because God forbid you actually do something right in life, right? Sure. But I mean, that's got to bring up some red flags, obviously. 800 to 350 million in two weeks. Uh, this guy must have known something, right? That's the only thing that makes any logical sense because the odds of actually this being legitimate are, I think it's impossible. There's just impossible. Well, this guy obviously felt the same way because when he was detained and the authorities asked him about where you're getting your insider information, because obviously they want to make sure nobody else is doing this, and he said, that he was a time traveler and he came back in time from the year 2256. And he just couldn't resist. He wanted to make it look as legit as possible by not having all winners, by making some investments that were busts. But he says that he got caught up in the moment of winning and he just went for broke and just (laughs) bet on all the winners Hmm. and got all, yeah. Now... Obviously, and this this guy's te- he's got a mugshot. There's a mugshot of this guy. There's there's recorded testimony of him, you know, giving this confession to the police and everything. Now the cops obviously think this guy's full of crap, right? Yeah. But after he gets released on bail, vanished. Nobody could find him. The police couldn't find him. He's never turned up since. This guy was arrested. Did he interrogated have to that money? I don't know. That's a good that's a good question. I, I haven't been able to find that anywhere. But based on the information I found, he was arrested, interrogated, let go on bail, and then just vanished. They could never find him again. I think that's pretty interesting. Now, what you that question you bring up is that could obviously have a lot of ramifications. If he did have access to this money, obviously he could just disappear. Make himself disappear. You get that much money, you can make yourself Especially disappear. Especially if he started with fake information to begin with. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's very true. Uh, and that's something that I, I did not do. I didn't go to see, well, is this guy, did he have anything, you know, any other name, any other whatever. It's just the name that was given when he was arrested. So that could have been an alias. We don't know. But yeah, that's that's definitely a good good question. But now, if this were real... Pretty fascinating, right? Now, let me ask you this. If you were able to travel back, say, from today, it we're in 2020, you're able to travel back to 1930. We'll just toss that year out. What are you going to do? If, if your sole purpose for going back is to make money and to get rich, are you going to do what this guy allegedly did and just bet on all winners in the stock market? Or are you going to try to make it somewhat... Believable. You're going to try to not 
draw any attention to yourself? What do you think? What would you do if you were in this situation? Well, I think if I personally went back to the 1930s, I would have attention drawn on myself just because the tattoos alone, they'd probably stick me in a carnival. That's true. Yeah. So, but... Good point. I don't know, because I look at it like, would I really want to go for profit? I just think back then I'd want to go help people. I guess to make use use it to my advantage to make money to help people, you'd have to be careful. You have to be really smart about it. So you wouldn't go and just bet on all winners? No. Okay. So you, we're in agreement that this guy, if he was really a time traveler and he did what he said and got just caught up in the moment, but it was a dumb move. I would also, if I was able to bring with me like different like wigs and makeup so I could have different identities so it's different people because back then it was harder to really prove who you were compared to now I suppose yeah so have different identities so it's different people winning yeah okay that's good yeah that's good so that's what you would do you wouldn't you wouldn't do what this guy didn't just get all winners no unless I was planning on like going and hightailing it before anyone else could question anything okay if you're going to take the money and run, it doesn't matter. But if you're going to stick around for a little bit of time. Yeah. So here's another story that I found that I thought was pretty interesting. This one comes from liveabout.com. And again, I'm going to put all these links in the show notes so everybody can check these out for themselves. But this comes from an article called Time Travelers, Journeys into the Past and Future by Stephen Wagner. This was back in 2018 this article was written so it's kind of a compilation of different time travel stories and not too long ago so this one is called highway to the past in october of 1969 a man identified only as lc and his business associate charlie were driving north from abville louisiana toward lafayette on highway 167 As they were driving along the nearly empty road, they began to overtake what appeared to be an antique car traveling very slowly. The two men were impressed by the mint condition of the nearly 30-year-old car. It looked virtually new, and puzzled by its bright orange license plate, which said only 1940. They figured that the car must have been part of an antique auto show. As they passed the slow-moving vehicle, they slowed to get a good look at the old model. The driver of the car was a young woman dressed in vintage 1940s clothing, and her passenger was a small child likewise dressed. The woman seemed panicked and confused. Elsie asked if she needed help, and through her rolled-up window, indicated yes. Elsie motioned for her to pull off to the side. The businessmen pulled ahead of the old car and turned onto the shoulder of the road. When he and Charlie got out, the old car had vanished without a trace. There was nowhere the vehicle could have gone. Moments later, another car pulled up. The driver told Elsie and Charlie that he had seen their car pull off to the side, and the old car simply vanished into thin air. That's awesome. Right? It's Uh kind of a neat story. Is it true? I don't know. Is it true? We don't Yeah, we don't know. Obviously, if you're not there and you didn't witness it for yourself, you don't know. But it's a pretty fascinating story. What do you think, if this was a true story, what do you think happened in in, in a situation like this? If something like this were possible, do you think it's time travel or do you think it's just a alternate dimension, like a portal opening up to another dimension? Is it, because also with alternate dimensions, 
time can be different. And you can have similar dimensions with similar time, just not at the same time. So maybe what's happening on our plane of existence right now, you know, we're in the year 2020, we know life as we know it, but in another dimension, maybe it's the 1940s and things are a little different, but not enough that if we saw a vehicle, we would know enough or somebody driving in a vehicle. And maybe where, where did this take place again? This took place in Louisiana. Okay, just I wonder, I think there are certain parts in the world where the veil is thinner, where more things are apt to happen. So it just makes me wonder, could it be maybe with space and time, these dimensions, sometimes they kind of bleed through and pass into each other. And it's only noticeable at certain times and certain places. Could very well be. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I would tend to think if if a story like this was true, mm-hmm. if if these people actually witnessed this and saw this, and this isn't just some internet urban legend yeah. or something, then yeah, that's that would be my thought on it because obviously we don't think this woman and her, uh, well, I would assume her daughter, just <laughs> traveled in time just randomly. They must have gone through some kind of a portal and ended up here. Well, I guess, has anyone ever brief. driven anywhere and all of a sudden things aren't familiar? Well, and you've then heard all of a sudden they're back to where things are familiar? I've heard stories like that too. in the past. And I think they call those time slips, right? Yeah. So I've heard stuff like that before. So maybe that's what this person had. But the question is, Could is be. it strict time? Or is it another dimension, a parallel universe where things are similar, but not quite? And maybe it's a different time as well compared to what we experience. Yeah. And I mean, you could, if, if you're looking at it, like uh, I've heard this particular theory that time is not linear. Mm -hmm. It's just always, it's just existence is existence. It it is just there. It's just there. Yeah. And again, time is something that we as humans have constructed in order to just keep track and to mark different things. Right. Yeah. I mean, it could very well be that this is just, a bleed over, I guess. I I, I don't know. I, I, just, I don't know how to accurately describe it. Like, I know what I'm thinking, but it's hard to put it into words. It's weird because I just had a thought. Imagine if we didn't use time. So you go to work and you just show up when you show up and you do your work and then you leave when you're ready and you didn't use time. You just kind of did your thing. That would be interesting. It'd be interesting, but it'd be just utter chaos. I think the fact that we have time... And have a system of recording time and and just keeping track of things. It's to present order into the chaos. Because if we didn't have it, how are you going to, like you said, how are you going to know when to go to work? How's anything ever going to get done? You just get there when you get there. Yeah. I mean, how are you going to know age of a person? How how do you mark these things? How do you keep track? Well, I guess ultimately if you're not a business owner or, or a no, boss, I, I guess I just, it doesn't matter if you don't need a job I or wonder, anything. <laughs> could that be another dimension where there is no time? Yeah, it could very well be. It doesn't Who matter. knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe when you leave this plane as a human and your consciousness, now we're getting deep, geez. Your consciousness leaves your body, your soul, whatever your you energy. want to call it, your energy. Maybe it goes to another plane where... There is no time. There, none of that stuff matters because it's just a different. It's a different existence, I guess, and there's no reason to keep track of that kind of stuff. I don't know. 
Oh, we're get, like I said, we're getting just too deep now. We're getting thought. we're getting deep now. I mean, we're just talk about fun time travel stories and getting all deep and philosophical here. I don't know if that's what the listeners want, but damn it, that's what they're getting. Yeah, deep thoughts. <laughs> yes, with deep, the Homewrecker podcast. Deep thoughts. Yes, uh, I'm gonna go back to uh, liveabout.com. One more story on here that I thought was pretty good. So uh, we'll get to this one. So this is a new one now. This is the Future Roadhouse. One night. In 1972, four students from Southern Utah University were driving back to their dorm in Cedar City after spending the day at a rodeo in Nevada. It was about 10 p.m. and the girls were eager to get back to their dorm before curfew. They were traveling along Highway 56, which has a reputation for being haunted. Interesting. Interesting. They turned off onto a road going north, and a little while later were surprised to see that the black asphalt beneath them had turned into a white cement road leading directly to a cliff face. They turned around and tried to find their way back to the highway, but soon became concerned about the unfamiliar landscape, red canyon walls that gave way to open fields and pine trees, which they had never encountered before in this part of the state. The girls were relieved when they finally found themselves approaching a roadhouse. They pulled into the parking lot and one of the students poked her head out of the window to get directions from one of the men coming out of the building. Suddenly, she screamed and she ordered the driver to get out of there fast. As the girls sped off, they realized they were being chased by men in strange egg-shaped vehicles. By the time they reached the canyon... They seemed to have lost their pursuers and found their way back to the familiar desert highway. The reason for the scream? The men, the girl said, weren't human. I thought you were going to go with weren't dressed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They were naked. (laughs) Okay. She... (laughs) Step on it. He's running at me and his dong's flopping all over the place. Step on it. <laughs> okay. Well. So. <laughs> okay. My random mind. Wow. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's. No, they weren't human. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't. That's the end of the story. It doesn't say what they were it doesn't say well, if they weren't human what does that mean what was it what, what was it if it were wasn't like human dogs, what, like what did it look like paintings yeah it doesn't say what they looked like or anything like that but they were driving egg-shaped vehicles hmm. interesting so this took place again back in 1972 so i wonder if it was maybe were vw bugs around back then mm, yeah because I mean, those are like the older. Those are, yeah, those, those are kind of egg shaped, right? So I mean, you could you could assume it was an egg shaped vehicle. It was like a variation of a VW Bug. Mm. I'm just trying to figure out what could yeah. possibly have been chasing these girls. Maybe they were just really ugly people, and the snobby <laughs> girl is like, "Oh my god, could, they're not could human!" Be. And they're like, could "We be. are. Why are you being so mean to us?" Maybe these girls were on drugs. Maybe they were tripping on some they LSD or some acid, man. Could be. Devil's it was 1972, yeah. so it could have been just high on something. Not life. <laughs> yeah, high on something. Mm. That's how I explain this one away. It's a pretty cool yeah. story, I guess, if you look at it on its face. But if you try to pick it apart, I mean, come on. They weren't human. 
Okay. Okay. Then what were they? So what were they? Specifics, please. Yeah. yeah. What do they look like? That, that's the story. That's Inquiring it, so. minds want to know. But again, like I said, kind of a, you know, neat little story. I no, guess. No, it, it, it's neat. It's interesting. But I just think that <laughs> is it believable? Mm. If you said we were driving somewhere and then we just didn't, if it was just a weird, we didn't know where we were, things weren't normal, it was nowhere we've ever seen before. Okay. All right. I can go with that. But then to go to a roadhouse where you're screaming because the people in there were not human and then they're chasing you in egg-shaped vehicles. I don't know. Well, again, they said that the the black asphalt turned into a white cement. That's what I'm saying. I okay, I'm with so, you. So it's yeah, so when they're, you get to the roadhouse, yeah, yeah, that's where it gets kind of hmm. Okay, but where are the specifics? Yeah, what, did these what, vehicles have right. license plates? Did you not notice them when you pulled into the parking lot? I guess they didn't. Just, but you're know. right. That makes sense. Like what? What? It was because somebody came out and didn't look human. It wasn't a human. I, it's kind of just weird. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's strange egg shaped vehicles. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Are there any cars nowadays that are egg shaped? I mean, you get the PT cruisers that look like boxes. Mm, they're really boxy, boxy. Well, vehicles have changed so much too. Yeah, but think of something. Can you think of something that could be egg shaped? Like I said, I I was bringing up VW Bugs because I'm thinking back then. Yeah. But, but like, I can't think of anything that's egg-shaped. I don't know. It's like this girl watched the Jetsons went too many times. That came out right around that time, right? Yeah, Wasn't that late 60s, like late early 60s, 70s? Yeah. yeah. So I think my personal opinion, they were probably just high. I think they, they were, were They were sorority the girls going back to their dorm room. Or they were looking to cause After a, a night of drinking. Yes. Yeah. Maybe they were late and that was their excuse. <laughs> late for what well go, they had back curfew home? yeah yeah they yeah. had their curfew yeah they were trying right, to get yeah, home i suppose maybe they were late and that was their excuse it's a hell of an excuse i suppose we were chased by something that wasn't human they were naked <laughs> <laughs> i think that still would have been better <laughs> all right so for this next story this one this is one that i found out about a long time ago i've mentioned this one to you in the past but i'm gonna i'll try to get a little more specific with it uh, here today and i've mentioned it on a previous episode that we're going to talk about it this this one i heard about first on the art bell show everybody knows what a big fan of art bell i am what a, what a tremendous showman he was and what an entertainer really you you like him <laughs> yeah i had no idea yeah i know right <laughs> So, <laughs> our first drive in the car together. Hey, I have some tapes I want you to listen to. Yeah, I want you to Art hear this. Got to hear this. This is awesome. So, and it was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. He had on a guy who he called Madman Markham. Madman Markham, or Mike Markham, as this guy was called. Back in 1995, he set out to build a Jacob's Ladder. He was using a modified CD laser to lower the resistance of the air in between the two poles. This would create a continuous arc. In this guy's previous experiments with the arc, before using the CD laser, everything would stick. So now, he, I guess he wanted to mess with this for whatever reason. So he noticed a strange effect when he turned it on. There was a heat signature, kind of like what you'd see... Uh, 
when you you're looking at hot pavement, you see like the heat rising off. Except this one was circular like a vortex. He decided to toss a sheet metal screw through the vortex to see what would happen. Sounds dangerous. Yeah, Don't right. know where it's going to yeah, come I, out. Oh, that looks weird. Let me throw something in it. Yeah. Well, Let me at, throw a at screw. At least he picked a screw. It was something <laughs> With a, tiny at a least. a sharp point. I, I guess. But at least it was something small. I'll give him that much. This guy sounds a little wacky anyway. Just, I mean, anyway, we'll, we'll move on. He threw the screw in and he claims that it disappeared for about a half a second. Just enough to notice it was gone. And then it reappeared. I, I heard that and I was like, well, what, what, did you just blink for a second? And like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. After a few more tests, the CD laser caught on fire. Obviously, his machine gets destroyed. So he figured if he was going to rebuild the machine again, he might as well use larger transformers. So his original plan was to purchase the transformers, but they are quite expensive. So he resorted to the alternative. What do you do when you can't afford something, Monique? You get a GoFundMe and ask people to pay for it <laughs> Nowadays, for you. <laughs> but back in 1995, he resorted to the alternative, which was stealing them from a local power station. <laughs> shame, shame. So he, his intention was just to get three of the Transformers, but he ended up taking all six. He saw six of them there, so he took all six. Because why so, not? They're yeah, there why for not? the taking. What, what the hell? So this guy sets up the Transformers at his house, or in his house, excuse me, and the cable wasn't strong enough to handle the high current, and he knew it would draw suspicion if he were to call the power company to reinforce it. (laughs) No kidding. So he was prepared to attempt to climb the pole on his own. Did he? Well, when Mike hooked up the new and improved Jacob's Ladder slash time machine, he drew more power than he expected and browned out half the town. There were reports of home appliances being destroyed because of it. So Madman Markham resorted to working at night when he would be less noticed. The local police department ended up stepping in. They got a search warrant. They entered his house through unlocked doors where they found Mike asleep. Among the things they found were an electric cigarette lighter made out of a microwave oven. (laughs) Right, exactly. The face you're making. The face you're making, exactly. An electric piggy bank and six stolen transformers worth approximately $13,000. Assuming he would face a large amount of jail time, Mike decides to claim he was building a time machine, hoping he would wind up in the loony bin. So he received 60 days in jail because of this. Now, the account was described in the Kansas City Star, that local newspaper, and the news story is what led to Mike's interview on Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. So we wonder, how did the police know about any of this? Well, Mike's roommate broke a neighbor's sliding glass door with a BB gun. So when the police arrived, Mike blamed it on his roommate, and and out of vengeance, his roommate squealed on him and told about the stolen Transformers. So that's why the police showed up there. So in case anybody was wondering, that's what happened. So during the first Art Bell interview, and it's funny because I actually listened to this earlier today, Mike's arresting officer, Tom Hampton, called into the show, which seemed to be a surprise to both Art Bell and to Madman Markham. And some people, they claim that the officer set up the interview or, or whatever, but you know it's all hearsay. At the time of the first interview, Madman Markham is telling Art Bell that he plans on setting up another experiment. So this goes on. Now, this is just 
all that backstory I told you, that's how he got on the Art Bell show because the Kansas City Star wrote a story about this whole thing. And Markham, again, claims he's building a time machine just to get sent to the loony bin so he doesn't do hard time for stealing 13 grand worth of... Because saying I'm trying to build a Jacob's Ladder. Right, yeah, I guess. But again, if you think about it, it was, I don't know about smart, but it was a way to get out of going to jail and serving hard time because that's a felony. 13 grand worth of merchandise, right? So that was his goal. He had to take the six, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he had to, right. If he just took the four, it would be under that <laughs> the amount. Three, the three, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the three would be under that amount. <laughs> now, <laughs> his last interview, on, now he'd been on Coast to Coast a couple of different times, but on his last interview, with the help of Art's listeners, Mike's next Time Machine project was more powerful than the original one was. While the original machine worked on the level of kilowatts, this machine was designed for 3 million watts. I thought you were going to say gigawatts. <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts. Now, instead of using a CD laser, Mike used a rotating, uh, rotating magnetic fields just like used in the Philadelphia experiment. His reasoning is that rotating magnetic fields are more efficient. Now, Art Bell requested that Mike notify him before his jump through the vortex so that he could either document the first conclusive proof of time travel or the spectacular exit of a daring madman. At the end of the show, Mike decided to give out his address instead of his phone number so anyone interested could find his house. Now, during the last interview, one of Art's listeners who had helped Mike after the first show asked Mike about the couch incident. Mike wasn't sure if he had told the story on air, which he had not, so he related the story to Art. One night when he was partying, one of his friends jumped up on the couch and asked for a beer. When Mike retrieved the beer, he noticed his couch was missing. He said, Hey guys, where's my couch? He thought they were playing a joke on him, but he looked everywhere for it, including outside. A couch is a hard thing to hide, claims Mike. The only other way out of the house was the back door, which was blocked by his very large transformers. So, what happened to the couch? A fire hazard blocking the rear door. <laughs> oh, you mean like where did it go? Where'd um, it go? Uh, I don't know. Did, so, did it come back? Doesn't say. He didn't say. Markham says he's going to go through this thing, and he does, and then Arbel never hears from him again. There was an update that happened in a magazine called Nexus, and they published a five-page article about what happened to Madman Markham when he disappeared. So after being on Art Bell's show, he got lots of donations uh, for equi of equipment, excuse me, and he got a warehouse to build his time travel machine in. In 1998, after experimenting with the machine, he decided to try it out himself. He jumped through the electric field that he had created and was transported two years into the future, 800 miles away. He was in a field when he regained his senses, but he had lost his memory. So he ended up in a homeless shelter that night, and eventually most of his memory returned to him. He worked until he could afford to get back home to his warehouse. When he arrived at the warehouse, he had found it empty. All of his journals, video recordings, documenting his work and experiments, and all of his equipment was gone. So he didn't know what happened to it or who took it. He lives in Ohio, but doesn't have the money to start all over again with the needed equipment to build another time machine. If he had the equipment, he would continue with his work. 
What upsets him the most is that he cannot remember the names of all the people who donated to him. He wants to tell them why he disappeared for two years and thank them for helping him. He feels that they will think he is ungrateful because he cannot get in touch with them due to being unable to remember their names. He still surfs the internet and reads scientific journals. Maybe someday he'll reconvene his experiments. We can only hope, right? Yeah. Or maybe he should stop. (laughs) Maybe, yeah, maybe he should stop. Exactly. So that's the Madman Markham story, which I'm going to put links to these shows in the show notes because if you haven't ever heard the Madman Markham story or you haven't ever heard him on our bell, they're pretty, if nothing else, they're entertaining. The guy, he just seems like a normal dude who's conducting these experiments. He, he doesn't seem like this like super, he doesn't come across as like the super intelligent guy. He just sounds like a, kind of like just a down to earth, like. Who's just really motivated. Yeah, he's just like a dude who's you know, just kind of, yeah, you know, man, I'm, he just seems like a kind of like a, and that's just awesome. a good old boy, you know. That's awesome. But at the same time, Maybe partner with somebody who knows a little bit more. Maybe not do things alone so you can have people verify. Because what if something does happen well, to you? Well, he was videotaping it, according to him. He was videotaping mm-hmm. and recording all of his experiments. But when he stepped through and, according to him, lost his memory, ended up in a field, he forgot everything and he, he couldn't get home because he had no money. And when he finally does get home, everything's gone. His warehouse has been emptied out. So did the government take all of his experiments? I mean, it's said that the government was pretty heavily mo- heavily monitoring the Art Bell radio show because of the stuff he would talk about. Now, Art Bell was also former CIA. and Are you implying he ratted the Listen, CIA? listen. If you believe all the conspiracy theories, once you're in the CIA, you're always in the CIA. So... It can be argued that Art Bell, though he was an entertainer and was a radio host and personality that so he, he was. So he wants you to believe. He was absolutely a disinformation specialist. He was doing all this stuff just to confuse the public. How clever is that? Being a CIA agent and saying, I'm going to create a radio show and I'm going to talk about all the things people want to know and lead them in the wrong direction. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's genius, right? Well, again, if nothing else, Art Bell was an incredible entertainer. Oh yeah. Incredible entertainer. Just listening just the, to a show was so much fun. It gets right. you to think. It, yeah, exactly. So if you believe all the conspiracy theories that are out there, yeah, maybe this was all just hogwash. Or if it, if Madman Markham was a real person and he did get on the show because of an article that Art Bell saw in the newspaper, maybe this guy was legit and the government did keep tabs on him and when he disappeared and vanished they said oh let's go take his stuff because he's on to something who knows maybe when he went through that vortex he came through a second later like the screw but he passed out the government was monitoring him and they swooped in and they knocked him out and they had him in a coma and then they emptied out his warehouse and then they dropped him off in a field in the middle of nowhere two years later yes they had him in a coma for two years, I guess so. Just, just to kind of screw that's, with him. That's, hey, that's a hell of a story. I'm just it's saying. a hell of a story. Who knows? Who knows, right? Anything can happen. Anything is possible. But if nothing else, what a story. Indeed. Which is exactly what Art Bell was all about. He was all about entertainment mm-hmm. and telling good stories. This was a great one. 
in my mind. Yeah, I remember mind. when I listened to it with you, and I thought, "Wow, this is awesome." Yeah, it's it's very well done. All of all of the guests that he had on, some were obviously quacks, yeah, but some that were was just the fun of it. that was the, exactly that's what was so fun about it. And and at try as they may, nobody has been able to replicate Art Bell's style and just the magic that that show mm-hmm. was. It was just so special. We'll revisit this topic because it is fun. If nothing else, it's fun to think about, to talk about, and to just theorize about. Now, what are we going to be talking about in the coming future, my lady? Oh, we're going to be talking about some very interesting things. Why don't you give the bit of a tease? What what do we got coming up in future episodes of the Home Record Podcast? One word. Mothman. Yeah, Mothman. Yeah, we're gonna Mothman. We're gonna do some Mothman talk. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna talk all about the Mothman mm-hmm. and the the different sightings. What we think it was. Mm-hmm. What we think it wasn't. Just all of anything Mothman. We're gonna we're gonna do a deep dive into Mothman. Yes, and an interesting thing that happened when watching a documentary on it that had to do with something I saw in one of my meditations that came up. So we'll we'll talk about that too. Yeah, that was pretty weird when you told me about it. I yeah. was like, huh. And it's funny because so. I wrote it down in my journal, and I was like, wow, this is this is freaky. But you gotta listen to that episode to hear about what happens. Right. So that's just a teaser. Mm-hmm. A teaser of what is to come. We will be talking the Mothman in a future episode or episodes. Mm-hmm. Could be more than one. It's a pretty, pretty big topic. Kind of like how Bigfoot. Yeah. We, we can can't really. That. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We may do something like that. Also, another thing we're going to be talking about in an upcoming episode, kind of related to the Mothman. Men in Black sightings. Mm-hmm. It's not just a movie starring Will Smith and Tommy Lee movie. Jones. It's not just a movie, though. There are people that have been seeing Men in Black for a long time. So we're going to go into what we think maybe the Men in Black are. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a fun show about that. There's a couple of books that I'm going to break out that I have that are all about Men in Black sightings that we'll reference and, and we'll, we'll do a deep dive into. I think they'll be very interesting. Again, not just a movie. And hell, I mean, we may even just do like a couple of movie reviews while we're at it, watching <laughs> the Men in Black shows. I Who knows? Well, movies, I excuse love me. Those movies. I don't care. I, I'm a hey, huge I love fan them too. The I think they're. Movies. I think they're a lot of fun. Absolutely, I think they're a lot of fun. So, just just a little taste of what's to come in future episodes. Yeah. Of and the I, I, I also podcast. I've been wanting to do the Children of Woolpit. Yes. So that will be coming. That will be coming as well. You want to get just a just a brief 10 seconds, what is this about? The children of Woolpit? Yeah, just 10 seconds, quick. These bizarre children show up in the town of Woolpit, and it's claimed they're possibly from inner earth. And what color was their skin? Green. Yes. So that is also something we're going to talk about on a future episode of the Home Wrecker podcast. All kinds of weird, wacky stuff coming up. But if nothing else, it's going to be fun. Yes. It's going to be fun to just dig in and see what is this stuff all about. Is it just crazy stories or is there something to this stuff? We're going to find out. But until then, we'd love to hear from you, our loyal listeners from all over the world. Yes. You were telling me last night, you were looking at some of the different areas that we're getting listeners from yes. now. And I was just like, What? They have Amazing. a good following in Sweden. Sweden. I love it. Like, wow. We love you, Sweden. All right. It's, yeah. just, it's just cool. In yeah. Australia. In Australia. 
you know, uh, best England? wishes to everybody out in Australia right yes. now if you're affected by the wildfires oh, and everything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, England again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a lot of different countries. I'm just like, wow. Like I, I knew we had p- listeners from all over, but you really went deep in and looked at our our statistics and all that kind of stuff last night. And I was just like, wow, okay. Because yeah, I try not to, I know you do, and that's great. I just try to focus on just putting out the shows and, and trying to make them as good as possible for the people that are listening and trying to grow the listenership. So, yeah, but we definitely appreciate everybody that's listening. So shout out to everybody mm-hmm. from around the world. And in the U.S. And in the U.S., of course. Massachusetts and New Hampshire, top number of listeners but creeping up new york and california yeah yeah i thought that was pretty neat love it yeah thank you to everybody that is listening yes thank you so much thanks for telling people about the homemaker podcast thanks for getting the word out we do appreciate it and if you get a minute head on over to itunes hit that subscribe button and while or you're subscribe at it, wherever you listen to yeah where, wherever you listen to podcasts absolutely just so you don't miss an episode because we're we're consistent if nothing else we put one of these out every week in hell we just put out another uh, a bonus episode not too long ago just for the heck of it yeah and uh, we do have coming up soon we're going to be going on location to a yet to be determined site where we are going to be doing a we're going to be recording a ghost adventure a ghost hunt a ghost expedition a peek into the paranormal yeah yeah we're just gonna we're gonna record a podcast while we're staying someplace haunted allegedly haunted allegedly right we're gonna see if there's anything to it we'll we'll give our opinion on what we think based off of our experiences yes yes so we're and we're gonna record for the entire evening so it'll be about an eight hour show if not a little longer but we're gonna we're gonna shoot for eight hours we're gonna record the whole time but we might not post it all because if there's absolutely nothing if there's nothing happens hours silence yeah yeah we're not gonna just put dead air out there for you folks but we are going to uh we're gonna be doing that uh coming up soon and when that is set in stone you're gonna hear about it first right here on the show if you'd like to reach us on social media we have a twitter account at Homewrecker Pod. Our Instagram. Homewrecker Podcast. And our website. Homewreckerpodcast.com. And when you go to homewreckerpodcast.com, go to the forum, yes. set up a profile for yourself, yes. set up a username, and interact with us and with other listeners of the show where we talk about just all the different things that we mentioned on the show. You can give us suggestions for future shows. Just let loose on there. Have some fun. Let's interact with each other. Let's build a community online where we can talk about this kind of stuff and not worry about being ridiculed Mm -mm. or getting kicked off of social media platforms or anything like that. We're we're not going to judge. There's no algorithms in our forum. Yeah, yeah. There's none of that Mm -hmm. stuff. No shadow banning allowed. None of that stuff. We'll we'll see what you put. And I'm on there as Trophy Wife Monique. And you'll see me on there as Golden Greek. So say hi to us. Yeah, say hi. Interact. Create Interact a with each other. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's all about, just having some fun. Yeah. Until next time, I am the Golden Greek Alex Arion. I've been joined, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast. <laughs>